Hey, guess what? It's that time again. It's that time again. Time for a Kawaii cast. Yeah, welcome back, you guys. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. I know. Uh, before we get started, I do want to say thank you to everybody who showed up to the FanX panel last week. Yeah, it, it seemed was, like you and Stefan had a lot of fun. It was so much fun. Uh, I know we got a few new listeners from that panel, and I'm super excited to have you guys listening to us now. Uh, hopefully we get more listeners through stuff like that. And it's a lot of fun talking to you guys in person. So It's would... so different than like me and you talking to each other. Yeah, talking on a podcast feels a little less intuitive <laughs> than talking on a panel and I really like the idea of gauging audience reactions so we will definitely be doing more stuff like that when we go to more cons including this weekend we do have some panels at Level Up Expo happening tomorrow and Sunday as well so yes yeah today's our free day so so we, we will be at a photo shoot today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that t- going to be today? Yeah, that's going to be today. <laughs> okay. Fun, fun. Yes. Yep. So with that, I believe we could get started. And we have been holding off on this episode for like two weeks now. <laughs> <laughs> no, right? No, it's it's funny, though, because like even though it's it's been like two weeks... Uh, Attack on Titan still has not started airing. Yeah, Attack on Titan still has not started airing. So so we can't actually be like, hey, go check this one out. But it's obviously, sh- I think if you're watching Attack on Titan, you're watching Attack on Titan. Yeah, I think Attack on Titan might be out by the time this episode goes out, though. Yes. <laughs> so, I know it's supposed to air that week, but I don't know what day. Yeah. So Maybe it's tomorrow. I know it's sometime around now it's supposed to come out, so if it's already airing... At, at the time of recording, it has not aired yet. Yeah, exactly. If you guys have already watched the newest episode and you're just like, these guys are idiots, that's fair. <laughs> that's valid. <laughs> Through the magic of podcast... Yeah. Yeah. It's like the magic of television. <laughs> you don't know how long ago this was. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, and... On that note, what is this episode? We are finally doing our spring season. Spring 2019. Uh, I guess first impressions? Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know whatever to call these episodes. We're just kind like, of like... like... We can't really call them reviews, because it's, it's not like we know everything about the whole season yeah it's and we can't really say that they're like what you should watch things either because i guess it could be like a preview like a yeah. season preview but even then we've watched a few episodes of everything too so i think first impressions really is the best way to describe yeah i think so and with that I know you gave a little bit of a teaser on the Cracked Brain podcast a few days yes, ago. Yes, yes. Uh, very small teaser. Do you um, want to... So this is going to be an in-depth review. Yeah, do you want to tell them what that teaser was? Uh, to get us the ball rolling? So so the teaser is... Wow, let me turn my phone on silent. Right. <laughs> so, so the teaser was a four-word review. Okay. This season is shit. This season is shit. 
I like you to count that. Uh, well, you see, when you are as dumb as I am, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least I didn't have to take off my shoes to count it, but you know. <laughs> I would be concerned. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's kind. Of, this has been kind of a season to go back and watch things that you need to get caught up on or to really appreciate that backlog of anime that you have that you've been wanting to check out. Yeah, I think so. But right now, as it stands, this season's not great for new anime. (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. I think we will kick off this episode with one that I actually would recommend and one that I definitely will be following this whole season. And this one I actually knew right away. I wanted to check out. It's done by Studio uh, Ufa Table, which they do the Fate series, and they did Katsugeki Tokenrabu, and they're just really good at making everything look really pretty, and also capturing like this idea of three D environments with two dimensional characters very seamlessly. And this one is no exception, and that is Demon Slayer. Kimetsu no Yaiba. Which is one of the hot new titles from Shonen Jump, if I recall. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So this is a series about a boy who has an incredible sense of smell and a very large and overly loving family that gets by by doing things like selling charcoal. By him... Traveling through the woods to the village to sell charcoal, and, and do, apparently the entire village like relies on him. Like, yeah, because he has such a good <laughs> sense of smell, he often will do like little favors for them and stuff. And so he makes good money just by being such a good kid. And on his way home from one of his trips through the village to earn some money to feed all of his younger siblings. He can smell the horrible smell of blood from down the trail and finds out that his entire family had been slaughtered in the night by a pack of Well, it was was like he was coming home late on his way back. Yeah. Like, one of the villagers stopped him and they're like, hey, it's it's dangerous at night. Stay at my place. You can go back home in the morning. And when he got back in the morning, he found out his whole family had been slaughtered. Yes. All except for... His, the eldest of his younger sisters, who was, she was bleeding out and it looked like she had tried to defend her newborn child during this incident. So he tries to hurry and get her to the village so that way she can live, but she turns into a demon on the way down. And now he's trying to find a way to turn her back into a human. Yep. And he ends up being uh, recommended for a demon hunting group. Yeah, like he's confronted by a demon slayer. Mm-hmm. And the demon slayer's like, hey, what? How, how far would you go to protect your sister? Yeah. And, you know, he finds out like, hey, wait a second. I This, this kid is really determined. So he sends, basically sends off a carrier pigeon to his master and be like, hey. Carrier raven. Carrier raven. (laughs) To his master and be like, hey, um, found you a new student. Yeah. Take care of him. And the teacher tries to basically kill him. (laughs) (laughs) 
he then spends the next two years trying to kill him. Yeah, and the kid spends that two years using that as training to become a demon slayer. Yeah. So. That's just the first, what, two, three episodes? Two, three episodes, yeah. Yeah, so this this is a good one. Yeah, this This is one I can recommend. I really, really love the main character. I love the fact that he has, like, a natural talent that he was born with, but it seems like so far that talent has not found a way to manifest into something useful for his cause, which is something unique. Usually when we get the main protagonist of a shonen series like this, there's, you know, natural talent becomes some kind of secret weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, like, trying to think of a good example, like the fact that Luffy can stretch, but he can't swim. But he wants to become a pirate, which involves going over, you know, massive amounts of water. Dangerous oceans. Yeah, and he he literally can't swim because of the devil fruit. But in the end, his ability to stretch makes him the strongest pirate there is. And he uses it to his advantage. So far, it seems like the ability to smell isn't really something quite useful for him. Yeah, like like point. it's it's been able to help him in certain situations, but it doesn't seem like he's been able to fully utilize yeah. what it what he can do with it. It does <laughs> seem to give him a bit of advanced warning against the demons though, as he can smell blood. But it it will be interesting to see how this ability manifests into actual demon slaying or it might manifest into something that will help him turn his sister back into a human. Yeah. And it also seems to strongly imply that while his sister, normally people turned into demons will lose their minds. And when their family members try to save them or protect them, they end up getting eaten in the process. But for some reason, his sister seems to at least be conscious enough to understand that this is her brother and that she doesn't want to eat him. Yeah, um, it, it seems like it's implied that if and or when his sister actually eats human flesh she will go basically full demon yeah and then she won't be able to control herself basically but she hasn't yet so yeah so we're not sure if that's the only rule for her being able to keep her conscious because the first guy that he confronts says that he's never seen a case like this before yeah so it's it's also one of the reasons why he recommended him to his master because he's like these two are special. These, these are not normal. Yeah, it's like there's there's something about their sibling bond that makes them unique, and I think they're they could be powerful assets. Mm-hmm. Also, she just fucking kicked a guy's head off. <laughs> I mean, that was awesome. She's yeah. just like bam. I mean, that's that's how you they used to play dodgeball, right? <laughs> yes. Fun fact that. The Japanese invented dodgeball by kicking people's heads off. Exactly. Well, not the Japanese, the demons living in Japan. Let's <laughs> let's clarify. <laughs> but I guess I guess they are still local Japanese. So. <laughs> no, all demons in Japan were uh they they migrated from Russia. We're not getting into that. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, of course, none of this is real. We, we are definitely not getting into that subject. With that, I think that's a good transition to our next show. I'll let you pick the next one we talked about. Uh, are we just going to go straight down the list? Uh, if you want. That's what I'm doing. Sure. Uh, our next one, Isekai Quartet. 
Isekai Quartet. <laughs> this this one is one that I've been looking forward to. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I would recommend it. I'm, I'm oh, not gonna, I would recommend I'm it. I'm not going to be like, oh, it's a must watch. But like overall, it's one of the better ones this season. I will say the only thing I find disappointing about Isekai Quartet the fact that it's a Funimation channel exclusive. I know. Like, all of the the good ones are Funimation this year. Or this season. I think the issue I have with this being a Funimation exclusive is that none of the shows that are part of this parody are Funimation exclusives. Oh, you mean uh, Konosuba, Overlord, The Saga of Tanya, The Evil, and... Uh... ReZero are yes. not Funimation owned? Yeah, in fact, I believe that ReZero and Konosuba were dubbed by Crunchyroll <laughs> and are, in fact, Crunchyroll exclusives. Yeah, I feel like the getting the, the rights to this show were was a nightmare. Yeah, because I just... I Nothing against Funimation, but it just seemed like such a weird show for them to fight for. Yeah. Because I I don't know who did the dub for Overlord or Tanya, but I know that at least half of the cast of this work for Crunchyroll, and I don't know if they do plan on doing the dub, if they'd be able to get those actors contracts for this, or if they would replace them. Yeah. Can't say for sure. And I do know a lot of people who have been watching Konosuba through its dub. So as much as... I, I have actually watched the dub. It's it's good. Yeah. Uh, fun fact. My roommate knows the voice actress who plays Aqua. Which is awesome. Yeah. He's like known her for like years. So. <laughs> but I know a lot of people who actually prefer the dub. And there's always going to be people who are like, ah, oh, subs for life, dubs are awful. But this is one of those shows that I think some people are just I, like, wow. I like them both, to be honest. With Konosuba, they both did a good job. Yeah. As far as the show itself, as considering this is a parody series, it's fantastic. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> it is it's, so good, it's, you guys. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, can you make a spinoff series good? Mm-hmm. And... And more often than not, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. But this one is, they they kind of just decided to have fun with it. Yeah. Like, you know, hey, let's let's just make this funny. Let's make it silly. And let's roll with it. And, and that's what they did. And it, it works. Yeah. And I think as far as the parody aspect goes, I think the one unfortunate thing is that you do need to have at least some prior knowledge of the characters in order to be in on the jokes. Like, I never watched uh, Tanya, so I don't understand any of the inside jokes. I know the premise of it. I, I, I watched the a little bit of Tanya. I never finished the series, but I did watch a little bit, so I understand it a bit. Yeah. I but, mean, the one I didn't watch was Overlord. Yeah. But, again, I, I kind of understand it through, you know, other sources like you and... You know, other friends who have seen it. Yeah, uh, basically all you need to know about Overlord for this particular series is that the main character 
was part of a guild in an MMO that was going to get shut down. And him and his friends had basically dedicated a good portion of like their gaming lives to this MMO to the point where they practically broke the game with how good their characters were. And they had like all of like the best equipment and their fortress was like unstoppable and they had all of like these NPC characters who treated them, you know, like, you know, overlords. <laughs> like, yeah. They were their masters. And so the very last day that the servers were going to be open, they decided to have one big farewell party in the game. And they even decided to hack the game a little bit and he made one of the NPC characters basically fall in love with him. Oh, Albedo. Yes. <laughs> You know immediately which one it is. And <laughs> yeah. so all of his friends are like, oh, well, we have jobs and lives, you know, to get to in the morning. So we're going to call it a night. You know, it was, we'll, we'll still hang out. We'll still be online friends forever. You know, nothing's going to change that. And it seems like his friends were all basically kind of the point in their lives where they're like ready to move on. But he wasn't. So he ended up falling asleep in the game. And when he wakes up. He's in a completely different world with all the NPC characters and all of his equipment in his fortress. Yeah. And now he's taking over the world with them. <laughs> it's it's It sounds hilarious. It's one I need to get around to watching. I maybe, do need to watch maybe, the second season. Maybe that's what I'll do with this season because yeah. like, there's not a lot else that I, I need. I, I do need to watch the second season of it. Okay. I only watched the first season. So I, I do have a few like backlog anime that I'm going to be... Trying to get through this season. Yeah. So, and that is one of them is Overlord. So there you go. That's one of our recommendations. If you guys want to get an Isekai Quartet, but there's any of the Isekai anime there that you have not watched or caught up on, this is a good chance. Yeah. I just, I thought it was hilarious, you know, them introducing these, these four, you know, different worlds. Well, now getting isekai into a new different world and the method they do it, it's like oh this magic button just appears and of course you have Ains from overlord be yeah. like only an idiot would press this button and it, <laughs> and it jumps straight to konosuba and aqua's like i'm gonna push the button and then megumin's like of course we shouldn't push this button only an idiot would do that but if you're asking if i want to hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> So it's just, it's fun, it's silly. Definitely go check it out. It's a good comedy um, so far. So the other world they get sent to is basically a high school. Yeah. <laughs> and I think my favorite part is when they have to introduce themselves to the class. With, uh, who is it? The the one lord from ReZero is, is the teacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite thing about that was the Konosuba cast introduce like aqua wanted to do like this big flashy introduction and then kazuma was like that's aqua this girl here is megumin and that thing over there is darkness and darkness is like he referred to me as a thing. thing he's treating me as an object oh. and i'm just saying if at some point in the series darkness does not try to join Ainz's harem of women that are obsessed with him i will genuinely be disappointed yeah a lot, uh, of, lot of potential there, I think. Another really clever nod is the fact that uh, Kazuma looks at the main protagonist from ReZero because they both started their series in tracksuits. 
And that's like the first thing that he notices. He's just kind of like, oh, wow, that guy's just like, just like me. He He's got like, look sent- at that nerd over there. He got sent to another world while wearing a tracksuit and he seems like a neat and like immediately like those two characters have so much in common and that's pointed out very early, but then they look over at Ainz and they're just like, man, that guy's like the most unique one here. And he's actually one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was one of the, another funny commentary is Ainz is like, oh, I've been transported to another new world, but I'm still in this fucking body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. Uh, there, there are a few others. We'll probably do a whole episode dedicated to this. In my so opinion. Much. So, yeah. Isekai Quartet. Absolutely a recommendation. Uh, you say it's not a must-watch, but I think if you're a fan of any of these if, shows... If you're a fan of any of them, I think you'll definitely enjoy it. Yeah. But like I said, I'm not going to be like, oh, it, it's you have to. Like, if you're a fan, you'll enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. So, moving on to the next one on our list, we have the Fruits Basket Remake, the most anticipated series of the season. And the big question that we established six months ago on this podcast, is it holding up? Uh, I would like to think it is. I do too. So, I mentioned in that episode that one of my big fears was that this series would lose the charm that Fruba brought to its franchise. Mm -hmm. Because that's the thing I loved about the original Fruits Basket. It might not, you know, be as pretty as today's anime, and it might not live up to today's anime standards, but it always, even for its time, was extremely charming. Like, it was hard. You would be hard-pressed to find anime of that generation that were this charming. Uh... Yeah, and that being said, you know, when that came out, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who was not enjoying that series as well. Yeah, so my fear was that this series would remove all of that charm and replace it with your typical static slice-of-life, pretty anime stuff, you know, which I'm like, well, you know, the content can still hold up, but... Yeah, remove the charm and just make it visually pleasing. Yeah, exactly. And I will say, going through the first episode, I was kind of getting that feeling. And I was genuinely scared. But I went back and rewatched the first episode. And with these last two episodes, I found that while they did remove a lot of that charm, and there's definitely things I'm going to miss from the old series... This is bringing its own kind of charm to it. Yeah, I was I was going to mention that. Like, it, it doesn't have the same old charm, but it, it does have a new yeah. kind that you can enjoy. It's not stagnant, and it's not typical. And like I said, I, I'm always going to miss the stuff from the old series, but I think at the same time, that old series still exists. It's not like it's replacing it or getting rid of it, so I just don't want to be one of those people that will hold on to the nostalgic feeling and become so blinded by it that I can't acknowledge what's good about the new. Mm-hmm. And it is good. And there's so many things I feel like I'm really happy that they brought into this series. The big one being the baseball cap. We see oh, yeah. The, we see the visual of the baseball cap so much in this anime where... 
it was completely non-existent in the original. And for those of you who read the manga, you know the significance of the baseball cap. Yeah. So, that's a big one. And the other one, which was in the latest episode, was Momiji's German-speaking language. His, his German heritage, which yeah. you got in the manga, but not in the old anime series. Yeah, I think the original series may have had a mention that his mom was German? They they did. They mentioned it, but other than the mention, it wasn't like, oh, he can... Yeah, and I think he called his sister by the German word for sister, but that was it. Yeah. And in the new series, Momiji speaks German almost as much as he speaks Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> if not more. <laughs> Which I think is part of his game, because little bit of spoiler, Momiji is basically told to pretend like he's not his mom's son. And that's basically how he was raised. So things like his German heritage and all that, he's supposed to keep a secret. And he's supposed to hide. But deep down, he wants his mom to remember him. He wants his mom to know that he's her son. So I think for him, you know, playing this game of how much can I get away with is his way of kind of rebelling against his kind, his kind of the system re- of the Soma family. Not not just rebelling, but also keeping that connection with his mom. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that they have brought that forward in this series. So I, I actually am so happy. Also, I want to mention if last season was the season of like incredible, amazing OPs, this is the season of incredible, amazing EDs. Yeah. Fruba has an amazing ED. I love it so much. I love it as much as I love the original OP for Fruba. Yeah. And if you guys listen to my Fruba episode, you guys know how much I love that OP. So, yeah, if we ever do a top five ED list, I think the Fruba ED for this one will definitely make that top five list. Yeah. I think my favorite part is the part where Ayame is chasing Yuki and he... Yuki uh, tricks him into tying himself into a knot. <laughs> of course. It's just so cute. It's it's playful. It's fun. It has both the quirky humor of the original manga along with a lot of the more serious, like, deeper moments. Yeah. So some of it does kind of feel a bit like spring catalog, but... I think that's fine for Fruba because this is one of the original major shoujo series that got popular here in the U.S. Yeah. So. So, Do you have any... so, so Fruits Basket, uh, watch? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, even if you never got into the original, I do think that because this is a more modern anime style, you may enjoy it. And mm-hmm. if you were a hardcore fan of the old and you did have that fear... Of the new or that the nostalgia is blinding you. Just trust me on this. Take off the nostalgia goggles. Because there's so much that this is bringing to the table. Yeah. I can't really say which one is better or worse. Because I think everybody's always going to have their own stance on that. And I don't know what my stance is on that yet. But it this is everything I could have ever wanted. Yep. And stuff I didn't know I wanted. Do you so, have any final thoughts on Fruba? Uh, I gotta say Hana is still my favorite. 
love. Okay, Hattori is my favorite. <laughs> Hattori is the best. I can't wait to see Hattori's story in right. this series. Hattori and Ayama. Okay, I might actually have to rewatch. I'm watching it currently in the Japanese, but I might have to go back and rewatch the dubs. Just because I want to see if Christopher R. Sabat's performance as Ayame still holds up after all these years. Mm-hmm. I've heard that Shigure's voice actor has changed a bit. Like, his uh, voice has gotten a bit deeper, and I think he might be giving up the English accent. <laughs> Hopefully, let us pray. Uh, but I heard the rest of the cast has held up really well. That's good. So I, I mostly just curious about Christopher R. Sabat though, because his Ayame performance was the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ayame was the reason I actually fell in love with that voice actor, to be honest. So I will at least have to watch the dub for that episode. <laughs> yes. All right, moving So So moving on. Um, well, next up on the list are three series that, we have not watched. Yeah. Uh, Bungo Stray Dogs for a good reason. That one's, it's third, on third season, season. So we have not even watched the first two seasons. And it's one of those that I've wanted to watch. I've heard good things. So now that I'm looking through like my backlog, I kind of feel like what should I bring out of my backlog has become more of an intense question than what should I watch this season. Yeah. And Bungo Stray Dogs is definitely one that I feel like I should bring out of my backlog. Just because I heard that this season so far has been incredible. Yeah. And I've seen the trailers, and I've sre- I've seen the OP, and I've heard the music, and it's all good shit, so... Yeah. I just... I can't watch something I don't know the context for. <laughs> yep, I, I feel the same way. Um, that being said, the other two that we cannot say anything about because we haven't seen seen them... Uh, Wiseman's Grandchild, I believe that's the English title. Yes, I think that's another Funimation exclusive. Is it? I think, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I... And the then, recommended no... page I saw for it was a Funimation, so I know it's at least on Funimation. I have not seen it on Crunchyroll. Yeah, and then the other one is Fairy Gone. This one I know is a Funimation exclusive. Yes. And I actually heard this one was good, too. I just... I don't. I I haven't seen it. I'll I'll check it out. Yeah. But no no word yet. It's gorgeous. It looks good. Yeah, I like just... it aesthetically pleasing. I, basically, every review I've seen of it is this is better than it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I I saw the trailers and I actually wanted to watch it, but again, all these Funimation exclusives are just drowning me. Yeah. So. We feel like we are the children of divorce. For reals. Between Crunchyroll and Funimation. So so and is is it Crunchyroll has us on the weekdays and then Funimation has us on the weekends? Or is yeah. it the other way around? Oh, no. It's absolutely Funimation has us on the weekends. Except my weekends are very, like, static. Or not static. They're sporadic because I work retail of for course. a living. So my weekends could be like Wednesday and Friday, or it could be like Monday and Thursday, or it could be <laughs> Sunday and Monday. Or... Just whenever. Yeah, so so when I'm not working, Funimation is accessible to me, but yeah, I get Crunchyroll the rest of the time, and I feel like Crunchyroll definitely got the short stick this season. I, I think so. Hi, Podcat. 
Yes, hello, my podcat. Uh, so next on the list is... I don't think you've watched this one either. Nope. I saw the trailer for it and knew that I would not be interested. It's it's kind of trash. Um, what's it called? We Never Learn? Something yes, like we that. never learn. We never learn. Also, we never animate our characters. Right. So I did watch this. It, it, it had a couple funny moments. Not great. Yeah, my impression of this was this felt like one of those like really cheap like anime that you would see in the early 2000s that would be on clearance like used at FYE. Yeah. It's like it's like $5 for like six episodes sort of DVDs. Yeah. So so the story on this is this kid is going to high school and he he has a chance to basically get a free ride into the college of his choice, but in order to do so he has to tutor two girls. Mm-hmm. And the two girls are geniuses. Mm-hmm. One's a genius in, like, math and stuff, and then the other's a genius in, like, language. Uh, the The problem is each of them want to get into their choice of college for the exact opposite, which they are terrible at. So he has to try to tutor them so enough so the one that's a mathematician genius is able to get into an art college because for whatever reason it's weird like that and the you know the the language girl is able to get into a really good math college so so that's that's that it's it's weird it just it kind of feels a little bit too much like they were trying to do uh, almost recreate the quintessential quintuplets from last season. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's not as enjoyable. Yeah, like, like I said, this feels like the typical harem anime of the early 2000s that didn't get a good budget. So the animation studio didn't really animate much. Yeah. And really rely just on the cells of people that just kind of find this sort of stuff humorous, as opposed to relying on writing and quality. Yeah. So, I think back then it probably would have made its money back in DVD sales, but I think now, when there's just so many good harem animes, and I say good lightly (laughs) good good as in better than this yeah it seems like because of the amount of harem anime coming out you will definitely find ones of better quality than this one yeah um so i'm going down the list and i'm realizing like a lot of this stuff is gonna be me talking yeah oh (laughs) absolutely i already knew that uh so next on the list why are you Why are you here, here teacher? teacher? Uh, <laughs> this feels like another one that probably would have done better had it not been for another really popular anime last season. So, so no, not even that. <laughs> so if if you like your anime with you know focusing on fan service mm-hmm. but has zero fan service you're gonna like this show. 
It's it's bad. Like it's it's literally everything about it is all fan service. You know, you're introduced into the first episode. This guy walks into a bathroom stall where his teacher is on the john. <laughs> and again, there's there's no fan service. Everything is edited out. Like whenever there's a a risque scene, mm-hmm. it just cuts to like they they superseded an image of a blackboard over the entire fucking screen so yeah it's it's bad do not watch it (laughs) baby's first fan service anime right um the next one is i actually like this one it's the helpful fox seneca son i've I've heard good things about this one but it's it's again i am Locked behind the bars of exclusive. Exclusive, yes. yeah. Uh, this one is fun. Um, it's it's about the the salary man who you know he's he's always working overtime. He's working long hours, and he comes home to find this eight hundred year old fox demigod in his kitchen, like cooking for him. And at first he thinks, oh, wait a second, I just opened the wrong apartment. So he closes it, looks, and realizes, hey, wait, this is my apartment. Opens it again, and there she is. She's, like, welcoming him home. And, of course, she's a lolly, so his mind immediately goes, like, let's see, cosplayer, lolly, prison. And he's like, I can't, <laughs> I can't have this. So he literally just picks her up. And, like, sets her outside his door and closes it. He's like, oh, dodged a bullet there. Only to have her, like, shadow cat her way through the door and be like, oh, I'm sorry. Are we f- are we finally getting a male protagonist that understands that being attracted to little girls is creepy? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's funny. So... And, and so she she phases through the, the door, and he's he's like, I guess he realizes, I can't escape this, mm-hmm. you know. And she's like, oh, I made you dinner. And he's he's like, wait, what? Where, where'd you get the ingredients? I didn't have anything in my fridge. She's like, I brought it from the other world, you know, the demigod, demigod world. Oh, God, it's an isekai. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a reverse isekai. And, and he's just sitting here like, uh, what? And so she totally guilt trips him into eating the food. She she does that thing where, like, well, if you're not gonna eat it, I'll just put it out, like, throw it out, and, you know, takes it and goes to dump it out and looks at him and, you know, with that, you know, puppy dog eyes, like, and then goes to slowly pour it, and he's like, wait, 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 okay, I'll eat it. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. Okay. It's cute, it's funny. So just to kind of break away from just you talking the whole time... Uh, I'm going to go back and talk about one that we also haven't checked out this season to do again the exclusiveness of it. The exclusivicity. Yeah, behind paywalls of we can't afford 30 different streaming services. For reals. So that one is going to be One Punch Man, which is a Hulu exclusive. Oh, Hulu. So fortunately, I will have access to a Hulu account soon. So I'll be able to catch up on this. But from what I have seen from the trailer, this series did get a major downgrade from the god-tier anime that it initially sold itself as back in season one when Madhouse was in charge. Yeah. 
So I actually cannot think of which studio is in charge of it right now off the top of my head. Studio JC Staff. That's it. Now that I just looked it up. And I heard that the story is still holding strong. Because the creator, one, let's be honest, has never been good at art. And he has always believed that if a story is strong enough, then it will carry itself on its own. Mm-hmm. So I like to believe that this series is holding true to that idea. But another more cynical part of me believes that JC staff simply believed that why bother spending too much money on this when it's going to sell either way. Like, yeah. People are going to watch One Punch Man Season 2 because it's One Punch Man Season 2. And that... Uh, it made, made a name for itself with the first season, so it's going to draw a crowd. Yeah, which was my problem with uh, P5A. It's my problem with Goblin Slayer. It's... there. I could go on and on about series that have followed this trend. And it's sad to see One Punch Man go that route, but I... Like I said, I will hold true to one's famous idea that, as you know, keep the story strong. If it's a good story, it, it'll it still be an enjoyable. Yeah, if it's something that you can connect to and it's something that represents the human collective, I, I think it will still hold up, even if its art style is lacking. Yeah. So I will let you guys know more about that when I do get the chance to watch it. But for now, that will be on the back burner. I mostly wanted to bring that up just so people don't end this episode and be like, they didn't talk about One Punch Man! (laughs) Yeah, I I get it. Uh, So actually, next on the list is Caroline Tuesday, which Which, is one you're looking forward to. This was my most anticipated anime of the season. You guys have no idea. So, I mean, this one is Studio Bones, which... I think Studio Bones might be my favorite animation studio. It's up there with Madhouse and Mappa. Mm-hmm. And this one has very much, like, it's like Nana and Cowboy Bebop had a baby. And I'm sad to say that it is locked away in Netflix hell for 24 episodes. Oh, 24? 24 episodes. Fuck, that means you're, we're not going to get that until at least... Winter season. Winter season. Yeah, so it might be 2020 before we get to watch this anime. Damn. The best case scenario is that they do what they did with Little Witch Academia. Where and after, release it in two parts. Yeah, where after the first 12 episodes are done, they will release those as soon as they're dubbed. And then they'll release the other 12 episodes as season two. That is the optimistic part of me, which, as we established with One Punch Man, is a very small part of me. (laughs) Yeah. So hopefully we will get to see this in 2019, at least by the end of the year, because I think this is one that will probably dominate the Crunchyroll Awards if given the chance. Otherwise, we'll see you in 2020, Carolyn Tuesday. Woohoo! So, moving on. Moving on, we have uh, Ao Chan Can't Study. I believe that's its English title, right? Uh, I believe so. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, it has a couple of funny moments. It's about it. This is the one I'm not going to watch. 
but I am looking forward to from reviewers. Yeah, I, I feel like reviewers are going to have a heyday with it. <laughs> I feel, I think a lot of memes are going to come out of this one. Yeah. This series is one big that's what she said joke. It it really is. Like, every everything that the girl thinks is, is like... She just assumes the worst of all men. She just like, assumes they all have a Max dong. <laughs> yeah, in fact, that's uh, one of the episodes. I think it's episode two, mm-hmm. where she she mishears students talking about this guy that she learns has a crush on her. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, his package is huge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like basically a lot of innuendos and they're talking about something else uh-huh and and she gets to this point where she's like on the roof alone with him <laughs> and she's like wait i gotta find out how big is his thing it's important to note that her dad is a famous hentai artist yes that that is a key thing and because this, and that she, was how she was raised because she would not be like this normally yeah so the whole story is basically about this girl that is super awkward because she takes everything as an innuendo or she assumes the most sexual context out of everything, every situation she's in. Yeah. She assumes it's going to lead to sex or that it's going to end up like a porn. And that comes from her upbringing. Yep. And in, at the end of the day, it really is just that's what she said. Pretty much. So, if if you want to watch meme fodder, I guess you might like it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I will follow through with it. Yeah, I I figured you wouldn't. Uh, so the next one we actually both watched this one. Yeah. I don't know if I'll continue this one to be honest. It's it's cute. It's cute. But, uh, I don't remember the English name. I don't know if you do. Uh. I don't think it changed much. I know it's like Hitori Bochi. Something. Yeah, Hitori Bochi no Maru Maru Sekatsu. Yeah. I think I actually did a really good job pronouncing that. I, I don't think the English name changed much, to yeah. be honest. This one is basically about a girl who suffers from the worst social anxiety possible to the point where her entire grade school life, she only made one friend. Mm-hmm. And in an attempt... For that friend to encourage her to make more friends, she told her, we can't be friends anymore unless you become friends with everyone in your new junior high. Or everybody in your new class. Yeah. Like, go make friends with all your new classmates, or... Or our friendship is over. Yeah, basically. So it's basically what happens when an extreme introvert is threatened by their uh, mandatory extrovert. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Designated extrovert. <laughs> the designated extrovert. That was the word I was looking for. <laughs> so it's like if I... See, I can't do that to you. If I, if I threaten to be like, we can't be friends unless you do this, you would just be like, all right, bye. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I'm sorry. I guess I'm gonna just... Be a neat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this girl is taking a huge gamble by telling her friend they can't be friends. Oh yeah. She... Oh yeah. Huge gamble. <laughs> well, it seems like she wants friends though. Like, like yeah. she wants to be social. She wants to. She just has a lot of 
social anxiety. Well, considering her first strategy to be friends with everyone in her class was to scare off her entire class. Yeah, her... So she would be the only person in class. So so she puts a note on the door to her class like, haha, this class is canceled. Everyone just go somewhere else, basically. Yeah. And she figured if everybody left, she'd be the only girl in class, and then she and would have she... technically fulfilled her promise. Technicality. Uh. <laughs> Uh, actually, plan A was to make sure that junior high stopped existing, but she couldn't do that. So this was plan B. Yeah. yeah. And then plan C is so far going pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, this one's really cute. Uh, there's a lot of moments that are definitely, like, awkward, but you feel like it's adorable how awkward it is. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's one of the better slice of life's this season, but, eh. I just don't know if I want to invest too much time into it. Yeah, I understand. But if you are looking for a cute slice of life outside of, like, waiting for Fruba, this would be a good one. Yeah. So, this one and one other one, which we'll get to. Uh, so next on the list, uh, Senryu Shoujo. I did not watch this. Uh, I did watch the first episode. What'd it's, you think? It's okay. It's not bad. Um, it's basically about this girl, again, social anxieties, mm-hmm. so she, she has a hard time speaking in public, so instead she, she pretty much has this board with her, and, and she'll, she'll communicate through Senryu, which, from my understanding, it seems like Senryu is a written form of a haiku, so she, she communicates in poems of... Five syllable, seven syllable, five syllable. I see. Yeah. Um, it's and and she has a friend who he's he comes off as like this, uh, like the punk, you know the the dangerous kid in class, and you know so so everyone's like everyone else in the school is concerned about her, and she's like oh he's harmless and you know that's really how it is so. He's in the same club as her, Senryu Club, and it's it's kind of amusing. It's kind of cute. I still don't know if I'll keep up with it. Yeah. Uh, just for the sake of time, I say we're going to go over the ones that you basically established that are not for you, just because I think you watched the first episode of almost everything this season. Uh, yeah, most of these. Mostly, I want to talk about the next one on the list, which we know we're going to be keeping up on this season. And this is definitely one we will probably dedicate an entire episode to, but I just want to talk about it. And that is Sarah's on my. Sarah's on my. Oh, oh my. my god. <laughs> oh my god. This is, if anybody ever came up to me and been like, what is anime? I would show them this and watch them give up on anime forever. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird one. This is a weird one. So, a quote from my panel that I actually made is that weird without context is just weird, but weird with context is art. This one walks that line the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, this one is done by Studio Mappa, and was done by a lot of these same directors and artists that worked on things like Zombie Land Saga. And this was the big one that Crunchyroll was promoting this season. 
because of its connection with Zombieland Saga, and I think the popularity of that series really pushed this series into existing. Mm-hmm. And this one is about an eighth grader who is trying to keep a close connection to his brother by dressing up in drag as his bro- little brother's favorite idol. Uh, favorite, like, idol, which is and weird. She does, like, a, a news show. Yeah, she does, like, a news show. And then he takes selfies dressed up as her and sends them to his brother under the pretense, or under the alias that he is, in fact, the idol herself. Yeah. So, <laughs> and this is all just to give his brother hope. And it, there are two other characters, one being a straight-up criminal and the other one being the shy, awkward kid in class that we have not got to learn a whole lot about. But what makes this series really, really uh, stand out is the fact that all three of these boys have their desires sucked out of their anuses by a Kappa prince. Which turns them all into Kappas and forces them to track down zombies. Zombie Kappas. And remove the desires from their anuses, which then causes the three boys' secrets to leak. Yeah, it causes the three boys to have like this this basically spiritual connect, you know, because all of their their energy is connected to transfer that desire to the Kappa Prince, and because they're all connected, they can read each other's minds, or their, like, memories are shared, or some bullshit like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It is spectacular. (laughs) Yeah, so, so like I told you, uh, to me it seems like the creator just wanted an excuse to make a series about eating ass, without it being (laughs) hentai. Well, it actually is... Uh, part of the capital lore that it, they yeah. do extract it's... your uh, desires through a some, part of your soul called the Sarasan Mai, which the easiest way to get that out of you is through the anus. Yes, <laughs> so it's part of part of the lore. It doesn't make it any less weird. It is so weird. It is the weirdest anime I have seen in a long time. And this is just a week after convincing an entire room of people that Devilman Crybaby deserved being anime of the year. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just, I can't even explain why this is so good without just sounding like a freak. But damn is it good. It's just gorgeous. It is the right level of anime weird, and I believe it takes on a lot of inspiration from things like Fully Cooly and uh, Panty and Stocking. Yeah. It definitely gives off the vibe of both of those, except following male protagonists instead of female protagonists. Mm-hmm. Although I guess Fully Cooly did have a male protagonist, too. I mean, it, its main protagonist was male. Yeah, sort of. The driving force character was female. Yes. So. <laughs> but this one, it's all male. Although uh, the main character does dress and drag as a famous idol, and his brother is very feminine. Oh, and then at uh, at the end of the second episode, you see the the nerd, the third nerdy kid that we don't know much about, just up and kiss the crossdresser. Yeah, in it while well, he's asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of creepy and weird. So. 
all three of these boys definitely have their own demons. And all of them are doing this, you know, they're willing to expose their darkest secrets and the worst parts about themselves because each mission that they complete, they get a, what's called a dish. And if they collect five silver dishes, they'll get a golden dish, which allows them to grant any wish they want. They get any wish they want. Or if they get a golden dish, they get the wish that they want. Yeah. So, uh, so far we've seen the main character wants to use his wish for his brother. The criminal kid also wants to use the wish for his older brother. And we don't know who, what the nerd kid would wish for other than he accidentally wished for a year's supply of cucumber rolls, which came in the form of just one big cucumber roll. One giant cucumber (laughs) roll. So obviously- Which I'm inclined to believe that the Kappa Prince then ate because- How else are they going to eat this entire fucking roll? Okay, but then the next scene we saw the Kappa Prince, he said that he was starving. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He he has a very high metabolism. (laughs) So yes, uh, this is definitely going to be one of those shows like, you might want to (laughs) rewatch the episode after a bit because you definitely won't get all the information on the first viewing. I've watched uh, both the first and second episode twice each, mm-hmm. and I will definitely say there's a lot of things that you miss. Yeah. There's so much happening in these episodes, and I'm curious to see kind of the darker path that we see these boys go through. Like, we see the main character straight up steal somebody's cat. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's 13, and he just stole somebody's pet. And, As you are one to do. And made him homeless. He didn't even take him to his house. He just told his little brother that he was a street cat. Okay, and we're back. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where we left off. We got sabotaged by Podcat. Right. Brat. So, <laughs> I we were talking about cats, and then he took that as his cue and just dis- decided to ruin the whole episode, so... What a brat. Oh, well. Yeah, so hopefully this whole hopefully thing Hopefully it didn't get cut out too much. Yeah. So Sarah Sunmai, definitely one of my top recommended. Again, we will be talking about this anime at some point this season. Yeah, this will be one of the ones to watch this season. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've watched the next one or not. Uh, I have not. Have you watched that one? Nope, so we're not going to talk about uh, it. You know something, something, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so we're not even going to talk about it, because it's going to be 26 episodes, and I don't have time to dedicate to something I'm not in- interested in. Right. Uh, one that we did watch a bit together, and is actually pretty good. This is one of those uh, club-type animes where they're just like, oh, we another, gotta do it for the senpais. Another slice of life. Yeah. Uh, that is Kono Oto... Tomare. Tomare. Thank you. And this is about a kid who's basically trying to keep the uh, Koto Koto Club. The Koto Club open. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Koto is a type of string instrument popular in Japan. It's that really, really big string instrument that basically has to sit on its own table. Yes. And it produces that, like, very iconic Japanese string uh, instrument I, I believe there are smaller, like, travel versions of it as well, but, like, the, the big main koto is is yeah. the, the focus of this. Yeah, I've actually been seeing a lot of koto videos go viral 
lately, like people recreating uh, modern day songs on them. Yeah. So it's definitely making a comeback, and I think this anime is a good sign of that as well. This is one that I think I would probably be watching week to week if it weren't for the fact that it is also a Funimation exclusive. Yeah, so it'll be like whenever you get a chance. Yeah, so I'll probably watch this one from time to time. It's one that I wish that I could just watch it at home, mm-hmm. but eh, I'm broke, so... Yeah. It's uh, it's cute. It is cute. I really I, like I don't, the characters. I don't know if I'll keep up with it, but I I can't complain. I for thirteen episodes, I I want to see where it's going. This is definitely one of the better slice of life's, and yeah, I think that's all I really have to say about it. It's pretty. Yeah. As well, so good characters, good animation, good concept. Uh, I don't think we'll talk about Joshi. Kose. Joshi Kose. Uh This one was just awful. Uh, even, it's it's yeah. Even it's, for a it's four, not good. Yeah, even for a four minute episode, it was awful. Uh, all the characters are just silent, and it was basically just staring at a girl's thighs for four minutes, which typically would not be that bad. But this was just dumb. Yeah. So. I mean, there was you skipped one there that I watched. Nobunaga Sensei something. Oh, go ahead and talk about that one. Uh, if, if it's one you think you would recommend. No. Okay. No, it's it's not. It's... Then let's just leave it at that. For the sake of time. For the sake of time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this one is one that I could see some people getting into, but I don't know if it's one that I will continue watching. Uh, that is Mayonaka no Occult Kum. The, the Midnight Occult something. I forget the English title. Yeah, this one is on Crunchyroll. Uh, we watched the first episode of this. I like the characters, and I like the concepts. It didn't seem too bad. Yeah, and I, I could see it was, people... It was interesting. I can definitely see why it would appeal to some people. Yeah, I, I do think there are going to be people that enjoy this, so I can't say I'm like, no, I don't recommend this. I would recommend this to some people. Uh, it does have a 6.75 rating on my anime list, so that kind of gives you an idea of, like, it's stuff that some people like it. It's kind of like Tokyo Ghoul without the gore. Yeah. So. Then. Uh, they uh, did they put did put a, uh, Ace of Diamonds on this list, but that one is a continuing series. Yeah. So I don't know why that made the new series list. Good. Yeah. I don't know if you were watching the next two. Uh, Cinderella 9. Uh, Cinderella Night, I was going to talk about. I wasn't sure if you watched Robohachi or... Oh, no, I have not watched either of those. One of those is, uh... Exclusive to some... Some something that we have no idea what it is. Robohachi is exclusive to Funimation. Robohachi is exclusive to Funimation. And then the other one is exclusive to another channel. Yeah, Robohachi is, uh has been highly recommended by other reviewers but it's one that we haven't watched so but it also has a lower rating on my anime list than the midnight occult yeah something and then cinderella 9 this one deserves to have higher rating in my opinion yeah i can agree with that i mean this is it is a sports anime and it's not quite ig studios level of sports anime but I do think that this one is taking a step in the right direction for sports anime that focus on female characters 
playing a sport that has been more popularized by male-centric animes. Mm-hmm. And this one is about a girls' baseball team. And I, I think the intro kind of made me feel like this was just going to be cute girls doing cute things, but... The last two episodes have definitely given me faith that this is about the idea of learning to come together as a team and the love of the sport and less about just we're cute girls and we're We're cute girls. We're going to play baseball. Yeah. This one feel it has all of the feel and love that a sports anime needs to be successful. Mm -hmm. And I think is being undermined by the fact that they're all just super cute. That and there's like three other baseball anime this season there's so many baseball <laughs> anime this season oh my god yeah cinderella nine i love it you guys it i kind of wish that ig studios would have taken care of this anime if i'm being honest because ig studios just knows how to do sports anime but yeah yeah it, so so i only watched the first episode so i maybe i'll go watch the the second two the yeah. second and third one to check it out more but i did enjoy the first one yeah it is about the main girl is someone who basically tries to avoid sports because she's ridiculously tall and has always been recruited to her school's basketball clubs but gets serious anxiety whenever she's playing basketball yeah and she's just not very good at it at all so 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 she basically just decides hey i i like baseball so i want to start the baseball club yeah, especially because they didn't recruit her because she was tall. They recruited her because she just seemed interested. And she doesn't know a lot about baseball, but I think she's going to be like their star pitcher because she does have an advantage in the fact that she's left-handed. Which, the reason that gives you an advantage for anybody who watches Q is that left-handed athletes tend to be a bit less easy to deal with than right-handed. Because everybody practices with right-handed athletes on their team they're they're harder to read because yeah. you you ha- you have the practice of right-handed people and not so much lefties yeah when you practice against your own teammates and even go up against other teams since the majority of them are right-handed you know how to deal with that but left-handed people play differently <clears throat> and it's a style you're not used to so i think she's going to be like their secret weapon and i i really do hope that this series picks up a little bit of the pace and hype because I think this could be an absolutely dope series. Yeah. And I love sports anime, so I, I think I just kind of want to root for it. That's fair. Uh, it's going to be a while before I see something that I watched. Like um, five down the list. Well, I honestly haven't watched most of these, to be honest. I watched the next one on the list. Yato Game something. Uh, it's It's... Basically about this guy who teases his friend because she has a an accent that isn't very common. Mm-hmm. So so he's he basically continues trying to get her to say these things with her accent, and she's always trying to hide it. Eh, I I don't see it going very far. Yeah. Um. Uh. Next one I saw. Amazing stranger. Um, that one's just weird. I'm not going to recommend it because it's about this guy who pretty much has his anime waifu figure come to life. Um, I'm trying to see where that one is. That one right there. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So anime waifu, you know, figure coming to life. Yeah, not that good. So the next one that I watched, uh, Rendai U or Rendai Utina. Mm-hmm. This one is based off of a gotcha game that I think gained its popularity shortly after Token Rambu, and you could definitely see a lot of the similar influences between the two games. Yeah, I did watch the first episode of this, and I did tell you that you might enjoy it. Yeah, and you could definitely see the anime being influenced by it as well, not just in the art style, where it does feel very much like a... It feels like the child of Katsugeki Token Rambu and Token Rambu Hanamaru, mm-hmm. because it has the art style lighting and basically just pretty effects of everything that we see in Katsugeki, but more of the laid back like camera work and style of Tokurambu Hanamaru. Yeah. And I feel like it's trying to do make both of those successful anime into one by using a gotcha game that was kind of inspired by Token Rambu to begin with. And I have such mixed feelings about this because watching it, it does kind of feel like store brand Token Rambu. Mm-hmm. But then I also see some of its own characteristics that I actually do genuinely enjoy. Like, I really like the idea that their mission is to defeat human vi- uh, vices. Like human vices. Yeah, like people that have become so consumed by, like, alcoholism or jealousy or gambling or anything like that, that they've become consumed by it. They purge people of that obsession Mm -hmm. and basically set their souls free. Yeah. And they are all deities as opposed to swords. But, yeah, just doing more research on the game, like, immediately after watching the first episode, it's just, it is token Rambu. And if you guys know me at all, you know that I love Token Rambu a bit too much. (laughs) And so part of me wants to really love this, but then another part of me is just kind of like, how much time do I want to invest in this series? So I may watch a couple more episodes before I make a final decision on it. Yeah. But right now there's nothing introduced into it that's making me like, really really care about this more than i care about watching my backlog yeah and and i get that like i said i i watched the first episode and i was like "Ah, i i don't hate it i I feel it might be something that's more candace's thing and there are some really strong elements to this series so i definitely want to give it a chance but i mean overlord season two kind of takes precedence (laughs) yeah so um on that note i don't think there's really anything else yeah i mean there's still a dororo yeah uh we won't talk too much about continuing series because i mean because this is focused on new series yeah i mean you guys know that we're still following shield hero you guys know that we're still following dororo you guys should know by now i'm still following jojo's yeah where yeah that's all fairly predictable stuff that we are going to continue now, sometimes we'll talk about those in our wrap-ups or our continuation, but... Uh, so, summary, I think. We can do that. Yeah. To watch series. We'll just so, make a list. 
Yeah. Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer and Sara's on my and Fruits Basket are my top three. You have to be checking these out. Uh, yes, I, I can agree with those two. Um, I said as- three. But I can agree with those three. <laughs> I know how to count, I promise, guys. I swear. Why is this a problem for us lately? <laughs> <laughs> for reals. Um, and then the the ones I would add would be Isekai Quartet. Oh, absolutely. And Helpful Fox Senko-san. Yeah. And then my final one that I would say should be on your at least back burner if you guys need something to watch while you're waiting for these others or if the others just aren't appealing to you and you want something a little bit more lighthearted uh definitely Cinderella 9 yeah would be my favorite lighthearted series of the season okay so yeah and Isekai Quartet is going to be probably the comedy <laughs> Of this season. It is. I said, it it does kind of suck because you do have to have some prior knowledge going into it. But Yeah, but at the same time, at least three of the four series in that are very popular series. So you've probably seen at least one. And we will keep you guys uh, updated on Attack on Titan as well as One Punch Man. Yes. So... Oh, Attack on Titan, I think I did see Crunchyroll is going to be airing that. Yes, it will be going to Crunchyroll once again. It's actually not a new season, it's just the final ten episodes of season three from last year. Yeah. Because so, we never finished it. And my god, you guys, I'm going to have a lot to tell you about this. Do we finally get to find out what's in the basement? We will get to see what's in the basement. Yes. So, I don't care if that's a bit of a spoiler, but... You... I think everyone kind of... Or everyone who is watching yeah, the, Attack on Titan is is aware. These 10 episodes are going to open up a can of worms you guys didn't know existed. And all of your fan theories are going to be blown out of the water unless you read the manga. Because then you already know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. With that, we will definitely be keeping you guys updated on definitely the top list ones that we already mentioned. As well as our continuing series, and I, I think we will have a bit less of the what you should watch series this season. So hopefully we can keep you guys, yep, entertained. Sounds good. So. <laughs> I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <All right>. me too. <laughs> With that, I think we'll let you go. That's right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>